You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Love Talk Live. Today is going to be an amazing show. I have my amazing friend, Linda Schwartz, with me here today. Hi, everybody. She is incredibly dynamic. <laughs> she is. You're, you're being very nice. <laughs> she really is. I only speak the truth. No joke. So she is a comedian. She's going to be a mom soon. She's a wife. Yeah. Um, she's an adorable pregnant lady. <laughs> she, well, you can tell the guests a little bit about you. Sure. Um, so I'm a stand-up comedian on hiatus at the moment because of this. Um, I also have a podcast called She Shed Comedy. And it's a podcast dedicated to empowering and educating women who are pursuing a career in comedy. Basically, um, yeah, I created that podcast for myself <laughs> to support myself. And how did you get the She Shed idea? I think it's a good thing to talk about. Sure. Um, well, I had a shed in my backyard um, in my old house. And I had been writing down ideas for uh, just... I don't know, creative endeavors. And it was the 23rd thing I wrote down, She Shed Comedy. And um, one day I just decided that that would be my thing. And I decked out my back, my shed and um, got some microphones and basically turned the lights on for my, my podcast. <laughs> and I always think about you. There's that commercial. Oh, yeah, the, the State Farm. <laughs> it's so funny. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Yeah. So great. Definitely Google She Shed State Farm commercial. And yes. definitely check out Linda's shows. Thank you. Because she is so brilliant. And you are doing stand-up around San Diego once in a while, right? Um, I am on hiatus right now, but I have I, I have in the past, yes, uh, done stand-up in San Diego. Um, and I tell you, the first time I ever did stand-up was my 30th birthday, and it was in front of a crowd of like 300 people, and it was the most exhilarating thing I'd ever done. Wow. And um, I've fallen in love with it ever since. How did you know you, and we're going to get into the love stuff, don't worry. We're going to get into the relationship <laughs> stuff. But how did you know you wanted to be a comedian? You know, I, that's a really great question, because I don't know if... Um, if it was ever in the stars for me, I think that... Well, it know, obviously was, Well, because this is what you're doing. It's true. Um, I think it was in class. I, you know, I, I had done that show when I was 30 years old. It was my birthday show, and some things kind of took me off track, and um, we were in our USM class, and it just dawned on me in one of the weekends that it was something that I wanted to pursue again, and my friend had just been like asking when are you going to get back into stand-up when are you going to get back into stand-up and I'd always like kind of pushed it back mm -hmm. um and and then one day I was like you know maybe I should just try it again and so that just kind of catapulted me back in, into the world of stand-up comedy and I've always loved stand-up I am obsessed with it I watch it all the time I study it I <laughs> I listen to it on the on my Pandora um when I'm driving sometimes so I love it because, you know, we talk about on the show a lot about kind of finding your purpose and going back to your childhood dreams and just who am I and sharing that with the world. And so I love that you had these moments or moment or the aha and you realize this is what I want to share. This is my gift. 
Yeah, it, and it brings yeah. you joy. It does. I, I absolutely love it. It's probably the most frightening thing uh, to do. Yeah. I have a lot of stage fright <laughs> from time to time. So um, just stepping into that is really, it's uh, what, I, what I like to call stand-up comedy is, you know, personal development course in action. Um, and I love personal development and pushing myself and challenging myself to do new things. And so, but comedy doesn't come naturally to me. I have to like work really hard at it. <laughs> but don't you feel like if you're a comedian, there has to be some organicness to it? Sure. I mean, for or else you wouldn't want to be a comedian. Yeah, for a lot of people, it just comes naturally. And I think sometimes, like, if I'm relaxed and, you know, my husband thinks I'm the funniest thing in the world, but, you know, like, I think he's all biased. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, you know, I've, I've, I think that it, it is in, um, it, it does come organically sometimes, but sometimes I have to work really hard at it. And do you feel like, and another thing that we can relate to the show is that we talk a lot about, being vulnerable, and I feel like being a comedian, you need to be, you don't have to be, but it helps if you're vulnerable, right? I think the whole process is vulnerability um, amplified because... That's when you're a good comedian. Well, I think at any stage, to just be able to get up there and, um, you know, bear your soul or share your observations or share your voice about what you think is funny, and and especially during those times when people don't laugh is <laughs> is the most challenging part and so that's where the personal development stuff kind of yeah. kicks in and and um, I think that being vulnerable on stage is one of those things where it's like you just have to show up and um, do your thing and let the chips fall where they may and take a lesson from it if you'd like and um, it, I, I like I said you know comedy I think is a personal development class in action do you feel like you've always been vulnerable, or did you have oh, to no. you had to practice <laughs> oh, it? No. Yeah, vulnerability is not my forte. Um, you know, I think I had a lot of um, you know. It's just I just did an interview um, a few weeks ago, and we talked a little bit about you know my life story and things like that. And um, at the end of it, he was like, "Well, thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing all of these things." And I was like, you know, but what had occurred to me was that I in the past and up until that point of sharing I was always I had a lot of shame Mm -hmm. around um, my story and my family and my upbringing and things like that and so um, just being able to share it after reconciling it is I think it's a big deal well I commend you I acknowledge you for everything you're doing thank you and so Linda's also, besides for a comedian, she also is in a relationship and has, oh, she's married, and has a lot to say about relationships. So we can kind of jump right into these beautiful discussions. Sure. Um, so Linda's going to start off by talking about how she recommends calling in your love light. And we were kind of emailing back and forth talking about this, and I love how you call it your love light. Not just your love. Yeah, because I think, you know, there's a brilliance in relationship um, and a radiance that naturally occurs when you find your person. And um, and so, and that's kind of why I call him my love light because, and also, you know, there's a lightness to our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we make each other laugh 
every day. We laugh with each other every so day. So important. Yeah. And um, I don't know if I have a recommendation on how to call in my love light, but I can share my story a little bit. We if want like. to hear her story. <laughs> it's such a good story. And anybody out there who has not found their love light yet, listen in closely because there's some really great nuggets about, I'd say, following your intuition and um, get, maybe getting out of your comfort zone and, and getting off your couch, right? <laughs> yeah. Because her story is about getting off her couch also. Well, you know, but I, I'd like to preface this by saying that, um, you know, I think, I, I think the foundation of relationship is also really um, knowing yourself and knowing how you want to show up in relationship and who you want to be in relationship. And um, before I met my husband, I was, um, you know, doing a lot of personal development and spiritual work. And um, I used to point the finger a lot Mm. at relationships that didn't work out. I used to point the blame at the other person, like, you know, you didn't do this, so therefore I'm unhappy. And Mm. if if you knew me well enough to know, that when you do X, Y, and Z, it makes me sad, <laughs> it makes me sad or mad or it aggravates me, oh. and and so, you know, that was the that was the um, cycle of my past relationships, and so when um, I had the opportunity to be single again, <laughs> um, I like that you, you said opportunity. <laughs> I it's very positive. Yeah. I you know, I think you know you have to kind of reframe things to 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 um, to help yourself mm-hmm. I guess, but I had the opportunity to be single again and I was for about four years and you know I, I think I messed up a lot in that last relationship and I recognized that I recognized that I did some things and made some choices that weren't favorable, and I but they were still meant to be but it happened right. And so um, no regrets about that. It's just they happened, and this is what I learned from it. And at any rate, I knew that I needed to figure out for myself who I wanted to be in my next relationship. So I did um, what a lot of people would do. I quit my job, sold everything, bought a one-way ticket to Bali. (laughs) I love it. And actually, it, it, I bought the one-way Bali ticket first. It seems to be where a lot of people go to, it seems to like, like find themselves. It really it's, does. It's like it's a spiritual center. It's like the island of the gods, they say. But, um, but I, bought, I bought the one-way ticket first, and then I quit my job, and then I sold everything. So I did all that, and then um, I ended up coming back a few months later to San Diego, and I decided that I would move to the mountains, which I did. I moved to this little town in, I, called Idlewild. Up, uh, it's about I think two hours from here, um, from LA. From LA, and um, you know I I just decided to simplify my life. I everything I own fit into a suitcase and a carry-on bag. I rented a furnished cabin. Um, so basically, I became a recluse, <laughs> which is so interesting because when we when I he- first heard this story, I was thinking you're single, you have an intention to find your soulmate, but yet you're not really meeting a lot of guys right and if you did do the apps there aren't a lot of bars or restaurants so that part of the story is really interesting to me 
But I love that you did that because you were honoring your soul. Well, and my intention was really to just get reacquainted with myself because I was working so much. I didn't have a lot of time to, I, I just felt lost. I felt lost within myself. I felt like I had let a lot of things go, my body, my health, my spirituality. I felt really disconnected. I felt like I was just in this um, space of darkness where I just needed to get reacquainted with who I am, who I am as a woman. And, um, but I knew that I wanted to be in relationship, but I also knew that I had to heal some things within myself so that I could attract the right person to me because it seemed as though I was attracting all the wrong men, but that might not be the case. I may have just been showing up as a different person than I wanted to be, and it wasn't compatible with um, the person that I was with. Your outside experiences were reflecting your inner reality. Correct. And then you changed that. Yeah. So my intention when I moved up to the mountains was to just get reacquainted with myself and, um, and to work on who I wanted to be in relationship and how I wanted to show up in my friendships, in my love relationships with myself, you know, learning how to say no to things that I didn't want to do, um, and, you know, really creating bound, like healthy boundaries for myself in terms of how I relate to uh, other people. And so um, I did a lot of work. I was involved in like the spiritual women's circle that met every week on the phone. And we, you know, had questions and things that really helped me to um, do the work and get reacquainted. And so anyhow, I remember I had my friend up to Idlewild. It was November. We have like a, um, a tree lighting ceremony. And I, and I just remember talking to her and I said, I'm so ready, Nikki. I'm ready to, I'm ready for a relationship and I'm ready to, um, you know, start a family. And that was, I think, like in 2014-ish. And so, but because I was in this little town I don't know if you've ever grown up or lived in a small town. Like, word travels fast, and people talk, and so I knew that I didn't want to date anybody on the hill, so we call Idlewild the hill, and so that was kind of a restriction that I put on myself. Stay away from Linda. (laughs) Yeah, if you live on this hill... She's off limits. Exactly. I'm off limits. I'm, there's no way this is going to happen. So anyhow, I would you know, attract guys who would come up and go climbing or whatever, and I would meet them um, out. And, and Can I just say, I'm imagining Linda is like Rapunzel, and she has really long hair, you can't tell. Like, Linda's up on the hill. Like, she's not going to date any of the peasants, any of these peasant men no, around no. her. They start going up the hill. Nope. You stay down there. So that's like the whole image I'm com- I'm getting to. Okay. So so yeah. Rapunzel. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so I let my hair down, <laughs> and you know all these men would climb up. No, I'm kidding. Um, and you know it was just one of these things where I just kind of restricted myself a lot. And I and every night I would be like, I'm ready. I'm ready. I would set the intention and just you know say my meditations and my my aspirations and all the things that I wanted in life you know especially around relationship and um and I was like gosh like all the wrong men are showing up and so anyhow fast forward to 2015 it's now August I 
agree to facilitate a workshop with a friend of mine. And we... Now, were you doing coaching? I um, wasn't doing any coaching, no. It was just... Um, just inspirational work. Yeah, so my friend is a drama therapist, and so we developed this... Um, this little workshop for a conference that was happening in San Diego it was a huge conference, and honestly, it it happened, you know, kind of on a whim, and uh, we both ended up going to San Diego to facilitate this this workshop. And so I was like, okay, well, I haven't left the hill in about six months, um, and so I was, you know, I had all of my things scheduled, all the things that I wanted to do, right? Every all the food places that I wanted to eat, all the people that I wanted to see. And um, prior to going down, I called my friend. I said, hey, you know, I'm coming down to San Diego for the week. Would you mind if I stayed with you? He was like, yes, but you have to meet my boss. And I was like, okay, great. You know, like, sure. He'd been trying to set me up for years, and um, I just would meet people just to appease him, you know. And so I go down. I facilitate the workshop, and the next day I'm free. Actually, I'm free for the rest of the week, so I'm going around doing all the things. And I go to my friend's office, and he's like, you know, he introduces me to Lee, who is now my guy. And um, and you know, a few minutes pass, and I'm I'm just saying, I'm just being very cordial. I in the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm hungry. I <laughs> I really need to go for lunch. So I did you have an initial attraction? Oh, like I oh he was I when I saw him I I don't get nervous around people. I love being around people. And when I saw him, like I I was like oh just a little stunned, you know, like internally yeah. stunned. See, this is important for the story because <laughs> because what they might be thinking is like oh because some people do meet the first time and they're like not at all. But then it's like the second time. So really, from the start, there was something. There was always something. But you were so hungry. <laughs> but there was a spark, and I could, I was so like, you know, singularly tracked on my day that I didn't allow myself to really experience that moment. And so Jason stepped back to his desk, and I go back there to say, you know, my my goodbyes. And Lee walks over, and he's like, "Would you like to go to lunch today?" And I said, um, well, I'm taking myself out to lunch today, but thank you. <laughs> and he said it was the nicest, like, rejection he'd ever but gotten. he thought, that's the, this is so interesting. He thought it was a rejection, but, it, and really? guys out there need to listen up. But men and women, this is just bringing up such a, such a topic, I'd say, because there's so much that is not communicated and so many assumptions that are made. Yeah. Because he was feeling rejected. Right. A little bit, a little but bit. But yet he had no idea that you actually were interested. So this is true. It's like in an ideal world, it would have been nice to be like, dude, I'm so attracted to you. Like, I feel like we might get married, but I really just want to go for lunch by myself. He'd be like, oh, he'd have the confidence. I mean, you know, yeah. to maybe ask you out, which he kind of did. He right? did. And <laughs> and so, but but then I left and then, you know, he, he stopped me before I walked out and he grabbed my hand and he held on to it, and we locked eyes, and we did this like soul gazing thing. I didn't know it was what? called. I didn't know it was called soul gazing at the time. But so he it like, wasn't creepy because no. you liked him. Well, I was like, I, I, I felt, I, I felt that 
energy. And I felt that like yeah. it was it's it had been so long since I felt that like activation yeah. in my like that attraction um, that I it was almost um, a little I, I don't want to say off-putting, but it was just it took me off my guard. And he held my hand and we did the soul gazing thing and I was like, Oh my god. Oh my god, I don't know what to do. What did he he held your hand and said, Did you say anything? He didn't say anything. No, he Wait, just he's held like, he, Nice he did, to meet you. It, it was oh oh he did say that. He did okay. say it was really great to meet you. He did the the eye thing and I was like, Oh my god. But there's a, that that see, we talk about energy a lot also. Yeah. Like there was obviously and people that are single they haven't met their person yet or even if you are in a relationship and you've never experienced this there is a very real energetic connection exchange of energy or everything that really is real and so yeah look out for that because it, yeah. you sometimes you don't know when it's hitting you because be aware <laughs> that if you feel like what is that yeah it's real it's energy yeah and so i left i took myself out to lunch I went to go see my friends, and that whole day, I kept Did you flirt with yourself? Oh, I was doing everything. (laughs) I was like, it it was just... Oh, you look so pretty today. (laughs) And, you know, it was just one of those days where I I was just so one-tracked minded, like, about my day. But that whole day, I just, I kept on seeing 888, 888, I made a mental note. Because I don't know about you guys, but, like, I, I believe in seeing signs, and um, I love numbers but and numerology and things. But can you tell people about that so that people can look out for it? So you saw it. Where did you see these? Well, things? I you know, I would see it in, like, um, in, uh, like, the restaurant window, a phone number in the restaurant window, or in a license plate, or, you know, different. I, I don't remember where I saw it that day, but I, I just know that I kept seeing it. And I even made a note to, I sent my friend Jason, I said, I, I keep seeing 888 and I don't know why. So anyways, um, later on that evening, I get back to Jason's place and I'm you know, trying to sleep and, and in the middle of the night I get this intuition or you know, this voice or whatever it was that said, why don't you ask Lee to lunch tomorrow? So as soon as Jason woke up, I said, hey Jason, why don't you ask your boss if he'd like to go to lunch today? And 10 seconds later, I get a text message from Lee, and the last five digits of his phone number are all eights. It was like, and, you know, I don't know if you talk about spirit and things like that here, but... It's um, confirmation. Yeah, it was a huge confirmation. It was almost like a spiritual two-by-four had to, you know... um, It was like... Open your eyes! Yeah, pay attention. This may be the guy. And so um, I just started paying attention to... I, I. that was actually when I started to take that that feeling seriously mm. because, you know, I'd been single for so long. When you're single for so long, you're just like sometimes you just, you know, are going about your day and doing things and you, you miss the opportunity to um, see that somebody's actually flirting with you or, you know, um, uh, trying to get all sassy and like you know just be with you in that way and it really took that sign for me to pay attention and so um and of course you know I was still a little bit nonchalant about the whole thing and we spent the whole weekend together and it was just beautiful 
and and we've been together ever since we got married and um at the end of <laughs> um 2017 and now i'm <sighs> there's a baby that's gonna pop 35 up. weeks pregnant we might even have our first baby born on the show <laughs> would be so great <laughs> I don't know, girl. I don't 35. know if I'm ready. So yeah, and she's so she's so compact and little, like you can barely even tell. Oh, I think they can tell. Um, you look fantastic. Thank you. So, You're so nice. So one of the things I know you wanted to talk about was how to be open to attract and manifest the right guy, and then also how to not have an attachment of the how it's going to happen. Yeah, I you know I think um, at some point you just have to reconcile with yourself when you are ready and like if for me my experience was that I was ready I was putting out the intention however I was also like putting myself in this restricted box especially when I was up in Idlewild but then you know you get to a point where you just have to follow that intuition and the impulses that come forward like um, for me, the other limitations that I put on myself was no apps, um, and so I had I, I put myself in this Which, very and that's very just little her box. because apps and websites for dating are, are amazing. Awesome. For her, it wasn't. For me, I, it was just one of those things where I it you know I just wanted to. It was your knowing that yeah, it wasn't good for you. Exactly, because I. I put myself on there for two weeks. Okay. She tried it. <laughs> I That's tried good. it. And I just, it was like, it was just too much work. I, I, I'm a very, I'm a lazy person when it comes to dating. And I was like, I, it I just can't do It used to be like my, my nighttime activity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, well, I thought it was fun. We're all different. <laughs> yeah. she, she thought I it was thought fun. it was a lot of work. Um, so there were, you know, I just, I just knew that I just had to show up. I had to put myself out there, meaning leave the cabin. Um, get off the hill. Get off the hill. And go out and be in the energy of people. And just being open to seeing the signs, whether that is, you know, an introduction from a friend or if you're doing the apps, being just open to conversation and open to sharing yourself and being open to um, showing up the way that you want to show up for your next relationship. Yeah, and I feel like as people just are in this dating world and it's like become so monotonous and just like routine and dating, 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 this is my story, that it's almost like people don't stop to realize, am I showing up as my authentic self? Am I showing up to be able to attract the right person for me? Yeah, I think there's a lot of fear also around, um, you know, attracting the wrong person because of our past experience in relationship and that's what I mean when I say you know doing the work and figuring out who you want to be um, and who you want to show up as in Mm -hmm. in your next relationship because for me like uh, and I'll give you an example one of the values that I love about what we what my husband and I have is that I um, I'm super like now I'm just like I'm committed to being incredibly level-headed when it comes to um, disagreements. In the past, it was there was always this heated exchange, and I always hated myself afterward. I always mm. had a lot of negative feelings and negative self-talk about how I showed up in in a disagreement. So you know, with 
with Lee and myself, we still have our disagreements. Because it's human. It's human. Normal. Um, however, like my commitment to myself is that I show up in a way that is loving and kind, open, and um, you know, just uh, receptive to what he's saying mm-hmm. and arguing about the point and not each other, right? Like yes. if, if we're disagreeing on a topic or a subject or whatever it, it doesn't is. Get personal. It doesn't get personal. And it used to be that it was always the other person's fault. Mm-hmm. Well, you did this and blah, blah, blah. And for me, it, it never worked. And I always felt a certain way about myself. And so that's what I mean when I say, like, being committed to showing up in a different way. And that's the commitment that I have with myself for my husband. And, um, and that took a lot of work. It takes a lot of work <laughs> and a lot of time. Because there are days when the sass, you know, I'm from Savannah, Georgia, and when the sass wants to come out and be like, I know you just didn't say that, you know. So I have to take a minute and <laughs> and, and be with myself and, like, really get into the energy and, and really – and sometimes it's challenging. It's challenging, but um, – And when, when somebody's being mean to somebody else or says something not nice, it's never about you. It's about them. Right. So – but that also takes a lot of time. Yeah, and to it learn. diminishes the relationship over time. If you're yeah, saying you, 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 right? Yeah. So you know, and I'm, and um, so anyhow, and I think when you're putting yourself out there, when you're showing up as the person that you want to be, and you're open and receptive, and you're just following that intuition, like the how doesn't matter. Sometimes we mm. put up, we put. Um, we project or vision, right? Like we we have this vision of how it it should happen and how we want it to happen. And sometimes, most of the time, it doesn't happen that way. And if it doesn't happen, yeah, it usually never does. And sometimes there's an attachment to that. Right. And we get upset or, well, I always thought that it would happen this way. And and in reality, you know, if we can stay open and -hmm. and just have that non-attachment, and how it shows up, it'll show up and it'll just take you by surprise. And it's the most lovely and delightful feeling ever. Yeah. And I think that being open is really one of the biggest keys to attracting the right person for you. Um, I had a client who he was getting older, not like, you know, 105, but he was <laughs> getting up in his late 30s. And he was saying, because like in the dating world, you know, although guys, Guys can go a lot longer. Yeah. Um, But he was feeling older, you know. And he was saying that he did not want to date a woman who had children. And I said, okay, you're 38 years old. There's a very good chance that the single women out there, most of them have already been married and they have kids. Or, you know, or maybe they were even single and decided to have a baby, you know. So could you see yourself being open to that? And it took a little work, but he eventually became open to it, went on some dates with some women with children. And it just, it's not even like that just that opens up your world. Like he's going to meet, like his meant to be wife has a child. It's that when you take that step to just be open, spirit, like spirit rewards you. Yes. Like, oh, now I see you're open. Now you see you're open. I'm going to get you the right person for you. And, I mean, you know, in that example, you just never, like, you just never know. He might fall in love I, with exactly, these kids. Yeah. Exactly. And he may have figured something out about himself. Like, he's a great 
dad or a stepdad or whatever. Yeah. And yeah, he might learn something about himself. Being but, open. Yeah. And also, like, the attachment thing, um, I like that you talk about not having an attachment to the how, and then I'd like to add not having an attachment to the outcome, you know? So once you meet that person, if, and we talk, we were just talking about fear, if there's that fear there, oh my God, it's gonna end, it's gonna end. Like when you find yourself really yeah. liking somebody, it's gonna end, it's gonna end. It almost becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But if you don't have that fear and you say, I really like this person, I'm just gonna trust if it's supposed to work out, it will, and not have an attachment to the outcome, if we're supposed to be together or not, right. or if we're going to be together or not. Right, well, and, and I think you touched on something there because um, the self-fulfilling prophecy, like when we feel undeserving mm-hmm. or unworthy, we start to project our own fears onto the relationship and then play out all of our old beliefs in relationship, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's kind of when we start to say, oh my God, I'm totally messing this up. And then that's when it starts to unravel because we're projecting our old self-belief about who we are and who we used to be yeah. in in the relationship or in past relationships. Like yeah. our past relationships are showing up in our current relationship yeah, and that's just ridiculous. ruining things. On like a rational level, that is ridiculous. So, but we've all been there in the past, oh, you know. God, I used to live that life. We've all been there, and so, but if you really look at it, it's literally ridiculous because the past does not exist anymore. Let's give the present a shot. Let's give these this new person yeah. a shot, and let's show up as ourselves so they can show up as themselves. Yeah. yeah. Easier said than done, but very possible. It's incredibly possible. And it very takes, beautiful once you do it. Yeah, it just takes a huge commitment on your part. You know, I think self-responsibility and personal responsibility and how we show up, whether that's for our friends and for, for our um, partner, for our children, I think that is, you know, something, that's a gift that we can give ourselves in the relationship and, and obviously to our partner, to our friends, and to our kids. So, Showing up as yourself is definitely the way to go. It's hard, though. But sometimes. It actually... <laughs> but sometimes it's, it's But once again, it's so if you really look at it, it actually is the simplest thing to do in life. Because if you think about it, is it really hard to be yourself? No, we know ourselves. Yeah. We're the expert of ourselves. Yeah. And so it's almost like, oh, I can just be myself. It almost... It, like, it, it, you can breathe. All I have to do is be myself. Yeah. But I know what you're saying is it takes time it does take a little time and energy to get past those barriers yes that are blocking you sometimes from even like knowing who you are right yeah yeah I think you have to have a deep sense of self to show up as yourself I yeah. think is what I'm getting at. and then once you do that work oh then it's you can breathe <sighs> you're just walking around like an angel <laughs> yeah and you there it is beautiful because you show up there's more beauty around you more light and people react to yeah, that yeah That's when you're awesome. in your love light when you're in your own love light for yourself you know when there's a lightness in your heart um it's so oh attractive it is so beautiful and um you know i think that's where the glow comes from the radiance and that's what i think on an energetic level men are really attracted to if we're talking about you know romantic relationship mm-hmm. which we do for sure yeah so one more topic that you want to talk about um well you had two but one was, um, and we kind of glanced upon this a little bit, maybe not, um, how healing relationships with your parents can help your relationship with your kids. 
Yeah, I because she is probably doing a lot of reflecting right now. And, oh my gosh, like. And also, you can just sprinkle in there for any of you pregnant ladies out there who are going to be pregnant. Um, relationships, the, your relationship with your pregnant self, basically. Oh my, you know, I I've been thinking a lot about this because. Um, Pregnancy just completely alters the way that you see yourself. It, you know, because it's such a huge physical transformation. And then there's a psychological transformation. A hormonal. And hormonal transformation. <laughs> and there's, it. do you swear on this show? Oh, all the time. Okay, so Go basically it. it's a mind fuck. Like, okay. and on yeah, your oh on your mind, God. body, spirit. Absolutely. You know? And so there's... Men should try it someday. <laughs> I Maybe wish, they'll understand that. I, I wish men could get Oh, pregnant. my God. Um, and so, you know, there's this idea that... Um, I mean, what's been coming forward for me anyways is this, you know, I've always seen myself in a certain way, right? Like, I have... I think we all have our self-image of how we see ourselves, how we how we relate to ourselves. And then you get pregnant and you're like, who am I? No, and then your body starts changing and you're like, you, you, you know, you're looking in the mirror and at least, you know, when I'm looking in the mirror, I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything is, you know, not just this, but I feel like I don't see the woman that I was before. Like yeah. my face is getting... Yeah. A little bit more chunky my ankle like I have ankle envy right now because I have my feet are like little sausage snacks like I'm afraid a dog is gonna walk oh by God. and like just snap up my toes because they're so swollen and they look like little sausage snacks it's really cute she's gonna put on these boots before the show and then they didn't fit because <laughs> my my whole body's in just a month swollen. from now it'll be so different yeah and so anyhow I think that you know, uh, uh, I'm really coming around to the idea that that um, my self-image is being transformed right now, and and I think when you're pregnant, um, that it it just it just I don't know if other women think about this, but it's been in my consciousness for a while, and it's pretty much all I can think about because whenever I go out, I look at people's ankles, and I'm just like, God, I miss. I miss my skinny ankles, you know, I just miss seeing my, the, the bones in my feet. But um, at any rate, you know, it, it's, it's really, um, it really is a mind fuck. And I'm going through this thing where I feel like um, just my whole entity is, is transforming and, and I don't know how to deal with it sometimes. Some days I'm, I'm feeling great. Other days, like my hands are, you know, like I've been dealing with uh, carpal tunnel. Yeah. And um, and so even that like is really um, uncomfortable and um, disconcerting because I'm like God I just want my hands back yeah I just want my hands back and um, but and and then I catch myself like all of this negative self talk it's automatic you know I think my God I I feel I feel enormous and you know my I thought that I never had body issues and all of a sudden I got pregnant and like all of these body issues are showing up and it's very confronting and um and you know it's like I'm healing those things within myself and it's been it's been very, very I hard. think the, the problem I know the problem with pregnancy is that 
it's the hormone shift, the brain shift. So many things change. And it's like while you're going through it, it's almost like you go through a psychosis. Kind yeah. Of, because you, you can't talk yourself out of certain things. Well, you can't. You, you have. No, I mean, no, I mean you like. You can't talk yourself out no, of being pregnant. I mean, um, <laughs> when you are having like the negative self talk, or like oh, yeah. you're, you're looking at something in a certain way, and you're like, no, I know it's true. It's yeah. definitely true. Yeah. And then you're worried that you're going to feel like that forever. Forever. So, but the good news is that when you have the babies, slowly the months go on. Yeah. And slowly your body gets back and your mind gets back. But the even better news, because I feel I felt the same way. Like, I personally felt like, yeah, I didn't know who I was. I felt like I lost yeah. myself. But the beautiful thing is that you not only ultimately get back to yourself, you get to the 2.0 version. <laughs> That's great. Because you are Thank showing you. up as, I'm giving you hope. Thank you. You show up as a new person because it's a new role. It's the most life-changing role of yeah. your life. And, but then all of a sudden it's like this empowerment, which I know you already have, but it's even, even more empowerment. You're just ready to attack the world, share your gifts with the world. And you have this little, little new body that's there to, to be like, yay, mama. I know. It's so cute. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. But also, you know, I, I, I think we touched on like healing relationships with our parents. Yes, with your parents. And now um, did you do this? Is this in relation to pregnancy or, or love relationships? Um, or both? Well, I think both, both in some ways, because I think it's all interconnected and you know, in many, many ways, because our, sometimes, you know, I think when we're looking for our relationship or attracting our ideal mate, um, we tend to attract the things that we were missing from our parents. Um, that's just my mm -hmm. personal. Yeah, point. it happens. And, um, and, you know, and also like how healing relationships with I, I, because I think it's all interconnected, I knew that before I had kids, I really needed to heal my relationship with my mom, Aww. and that was one of the relationships that um, that I've been able to just make healthier. <laughs> not perfect yet. It's not perfect yet, but and it's I don't better. It's a lot better. And you know, I used to not want to get married. I didn't want to have kids, and what what I realized out of those years was that I was scared I was going to turn out like my mom. Mm. And so it was like all subconscious. It was all subconscious. And it was like, if, you know, I would rather never have that experience of having children than risk the um, idea of showing up like, or being like my mom. Because it was, because it was just, it was very painful. And there were so many painful experiences in my youth that, um, it was such it, it just locked itself into my subconscious but once I started healing that and um, admitting to myself that you know nothing like my mom um, and also going through the healing process with her did um, you guys do therapy we didn't do therapy together but I've done a lot of personal development work and we've I I went to her and basically you know mended things and um, and now we have a healthier relationship. We have healthier boundaries. It's not perfect, but I also recognize that um, my relationship with her is is better than it used to be, and it really has opened the door for me to um, 
to really acknowledge myself as a mother and acknowledge myself as someone who is capable of loving and caring for another human being um, and doing that in a healthy, respectful way because of the relationship that we had, you know, it was very tumultuous. Mm -hmm. It was like psychologically damaging verb. You know, there was a lot of fighting um, Mm -hmm. when we were, when I was younger. So, um, so now it's like we, we, we can actually speak to each other civilly and in calm, (laughs) you know, in calmness and respect and love. And that was, wasn't possible before and I think that that having that healing really opened up my relationship with my husband as well because you know um I I don't know I just feel like it's all interconnected because all of just having peace of mind and peace in my heart around um all the all the issues that I that I used to have yeah and when we resolve our issues that we have with anybody then it also just helps our own growth. Right. And the success of any all of our relationships. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. As I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm just thinking about how just you're just going to be an amazing mom. Oh, And um, just how happy I am for you that you acknowledge, because people don't realize how much our relationships, our even non-romantic relationships, like familial relationships, can really affect bringing in the one, you know, and, and, or if you already are in a relationship, it can affect your romantic relationship. So healing, I love that you brought this up because healing any type of relationship that you have in your life, the goal is to heal all of our relationships, but it, yeah, it's all interconnected. I love it. Yeah. And, you know, I think once you heal one relationship and, um, it just, it allows space for you to really show up as your authentic self in your new relationships, whether that's a love relationship, a friendship, you know, with your children. And I'm really excited, you know, for the next chapter because I, I, f- I feel like a new woman and, and, you know, just being able to show up as a loving, a more loving and more kind Aww. and generous and compassionate being for myself and for my partner and for my kid is one of the... Um, you know, one of the commitments that I, I've always wanted to, to make and, sh- and show up as. And I am so excited for it. <sighs> and I can't wait to meet that little I guy. know. And I know. Me neither. I just cannot wait. Um, and as you were speaking also, I was thinking two things. Your comedy. So she, I saw a glimpse of some of the comedy about your mom. So she does some great comedy about the mother-daughter relationship, which I'm sure everybody can appreciate. And you're going to have a child, so you're going to have so much more material. Oh, yeah. So you have to check out your her podcast, and her, yeah. she, she's on hiatus, but yeah, we don't know when she's coming back, but, but <laughs> how can people find you or, like, get updates? Yeah, you can um, go to sheshedcomedy.com um, or find me on my on Facebook at um, She Shed Comedy, I think, or... Um, Do you have I don't have an inst. I, d- I don't know if I have. I do okay. have an Instagram. Pregnancy brain. It's all good. I know. It's we'll check happening. it out. Yeah. We'll, we'll find. We'll let you guys know. Yeah, she'll let you know. But sheshedcomedy.com is where you can find how to find me and uh, listen to the podcast. And if you have any questions, want to reach out to me about anything, um, Jamie at therelationshipexpert.com. J A I M E. Um, my Instagram is therelationshipexpert. Just the X, not the E X. My website is therelationshipexpert.com. So. 
feel free to reach out with any questions. Um, if you ever have any topics um, that you'd want to guests to talk about in the future or just any questions in general, I'm here to answer them. And or any questions for Linda. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. This is fun. She's amazing and I knew she'd I knew you'd be awesome. So oh, thank you. Thank you for doing thanks the for show. Thanks for having me. And thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next week. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.